0: As a thank you in advance for listening to this episode, please feel free to grab yourself a free copy of The Book of Public Speaking at thebookofpublicspeaking.com. Everybody, it is Corey Poirier. Excited to be back with the latest edition and an episode of the show. Also, really excited to have two uh, first time guests on the show today. Uh, really cool. I love uh, group interviews, so this is really cool that they're both in two separate spots today. Uh, so, so excited to have you, uh, Colette Benoit, Gary Benoit. Really excited to have you here today. And where I usually like to start, and you guys can tell me if you're okay with each taking a turn at this or if you want to. Interject—that's fine too. Uh, but telling us a little bit about your backstory for those listeners and viewers who may be discovering you for the first time, I'm just wondering if you guys can tell us maybe a little bit about yourself. And I don't know if you guys each want to take a, a jump at it. If you want me to let you guys or kind of point out who wants to jump in first. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to hear you guys' backstory a little bit.
1: Gary, you can go first.
2: Oh, I go to go first. Okay, fair enough. Corey, I'm um, I'm a police officer. Have been for the last 20 years. Um, And over that time, I guess, we've uh, really worked hard at trying to become better with ourselves. Unfortunately, with my job, you know, we see a lot of things. We do a lot of different things. um, I've been through a lot of experiences and a lot of different situations that really added essential stress and that kind of stuff to our lives. And uh, during that time, we had went through an officer-involved shooting. And after that, I was in a negative place, and we figured we got to do something better. And so we opened a business a few years later after working on ourselves called Benoit Wellness Consulting, and we launched the Frontline Resiliency Project as a result of that, because we want to share with other people what's worked for us and how to balance our lives and how to become less stressed and more focused and be the better version of ourselves every day. And so that's kind of where we've, we've come from. Um, in the background, There, like I say, we work through a lot of things together. And then we decided we want to share this with as many people as we can.
0: Awesome stuff. And Colette, did you want to add anything to that? or?
1: Yeah, I, I can. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in a small town, Saskatchewan, and I actually had a dream of being a police officer. So I got my degree in criminal justice. And uh, because of my lupus that I was diagnosed with when I was 15, I decided that that after I met Gary and saw the ins and outs of an actual real-life policeman, um, decided it wasn't the best decision for myself. So I my story is more along the lines of, yes, being a spouse of a first responder for 15 years, but also spending 35 years trying to figure out what I wanted to do when I grew up. So having one plan and it didn't work out and having to move forward and work past that and find something else that I'm passionate about, which is helping, helping others still, but in a different setting.
0: So, I mean, where I'd like to perhaps kind of dive in from there is in relation to being uh, you know, a first responder. And I guess, Garrett, you guys can both talk to this, but Gary, um, you know, sort of being on the front lines, for lack of a better way of saying it, uh, the average person wouldn't realize what that involves, whether it's, you know, the stress involved in that, um, the humanity involved in being in those experiences, what you witness. Uh, can you, uh, you know, talk to us a little bit about, in, in the work that you're doing now, um, what are some of the, the stresses that, I guess, go into that? And then, you know, whether it's for a frontline or first, uh, first responder or what's a person in general, um, what do you guys help people with? So the first part is, You know, what's involved in the stress level of being somebody that's sort of first on site and seeing some of these things and then whether it's a first responder or just a person in general, what kind of things do you, and I know this is diving deep, but what kind of things do you recommend to people to help start dealing with that kind of stress?
2: Yeah, so if you look back at what we do for work, uh, you know, we look at all the first responders, it doesn't matter if you're a fireman or if you're a police officer or in the military, there's sheriffs, there's a whole bunch of people, that, paramedics, EMS people, they're all on there. there's nurses, doctors on the emergency rooms, they all are faced with tragedy lots of times. Uh, lots of times it's death and destruction, for lack of a better term. Um, you know. And that, those situations, when you come into that, lots of times um, you're faced with having to control, as a police officer especially, you're controlling a situation because you need to do an investigation lots of times. And so you're controlling that, so you're very business-like, and there's not a lot of compassion at that moment in time. And what happens is, is that the, there's someone there that's experienced some sort of tragedy or some sort of experience that's not good in their lives, because when they call the police, it's the, one of their lowest parts of their, of their life or that time and that moment in their life. So they don't call us when they're happy. They call us when they're in trouble. And so when we show up there, um, we have to go through that whole situation of dealing with the situation, securing a scene, being safe officer-wise, Securing a, uh, you know, a potential suspect or a subject, dealing with the family, interviewing the family, and then dealing with that, fall, that fallout after the fact. And lots of times we're in partnership with EMS or FIRE. They're usually coming to certain of those things, and they're dealing with the people who are potentially injured. And that itself, that whole situation, those, that background in there when you're dealing with the family who's upset, they don't understand. I mean, and they're asking, they're begging you essentially for help you can, it really does add that, that situational stress. And, you know, when you're in that moment, and you're in that time, you try to do your best to, to just sort of put your feelings and your emotions aside because you cannot deal with that at that time in your own. And then when you leave that scene, you think, oh, you get some time to decompress, but you may not have that decomp- time to decompress. You may be on to the next call and maybe the same situation or different situation. And so by the end of the shift, you're really, really tired. And then you come home and you've got your own family and you've got your own things that are on the go. And that compounds that whole situation where you've had a rough night, you've had a stressful situation, whatever you've gone through. And then you come home and you've got to be present at home and you've got to be there for your family. But lots of times you just, you just sometimes you can't because it's, it's one thing after the other. See, we talk about the rat race that we're living in. So when everybody that we live, in this society is always trying to go, go, go. There's no time for themselves. They don't focus on what's important. And that leads me into what we are trying to do for people in general, as well as first responders, is that make them realize that there's more to life. Like, yes, we have a tough job. We have to deal with that work stress. That's going to happen for us at work. It doesn't matter. We go to work, it's going to happen. But if you go and you look at what's at home, slow down at home, figure out what you believe your core values are, figure out what's important to you, And so when you figure that out and you understand what you believe in and what you want to make a priority in your life and you have a vision for what that looks like, and we tell everybody to have a vision, we have to tell everybody to set goals in their lives, seven different areas of life, so that when you come home and you have that less stress and you've got better family life and a better, if you have friends that are supportive and you have a hobby, then we tell them no, focus on those things and that way it lowers that overall stress so that when you have those stress times at work as a first responder, for example, then that will ultimately be lower.
0: And so, Colette, I guess, looking at the other perspective, so the person sitting at home, uh, and, and I'm sure, uh, or I shouldn't say I'm sure, but I'm wondering if you guys help people in this area as well, but you probably see both perspectives because you're you know, the person sitting at home hoping that nothing happens to this person, and and I don't know what goes through a person's head, but I mean, when you know you hear in the news there's a situation that you know the person that you're in a relationship with is is gone to that site, I'm sure that's added stress. I'm sure there's stuff that goes through your mind in terms of, uh, you know, what could happen there and stress wise. Uh, So is that something that you guys help people with? And then the second part is, can you just share with us, you know, what sort of happens in that situation? Because again, not everybody is in a relationship with or married to a first responder. So obviously that's a certain variable too.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm going to start with the second question first, if that's okay. Yeah, of course. Um, so the, I'm a little unique in a way because uh, when he gets home or when he has things at work, I'm excited about it because that's the job I wanted to do for so long. So I'm like, tell me more. What else happened? And I get so excited. Um, but yeah, there is that deep down stress of uh, will he be um, hurt? Will he come home? There's always that stress. But just you really have to work in the, the faith of it, like, and trust, I guess, like, he's been trained, he knows his job, he's been doing it for X amount of years. Um, you just really have to focus on the fact that he's able to do all he can do to make the community a safer place and ultimately have faith that he will come home every night. Um, And so we've really had to tie into a faith for that part of it. Um, You know, being at home as a spouse, you just, you really have to try not to worry. And so if you do have other hobbies and other things that you can do to take your mind off sitting at home wondering what's happening Um, and just even uh, the power of mindset. So just positive thoughts as opposed to negative thoughts, right? So when he goes to a call, not thinking the worst um so yes and then helping other spouses that's definitely something that we are doing as well um so at our seminars and workshops we do it's for the families as well so we're hoping that more and more spouses will come so that we can help them um you know at home be able to have a focus and a foundation and build that resilience in their home life with them their parents their kids so they have that that balance, but that strong support system to help them through when tough times do hit
0: and so you know what I'd love to ask you guys, and, and again I'll ask this question to both of you, um, you know Colette, maybe I'll let you go first, but it, it you know I'll, it doesn't really matter in terms of who tackles it, but I think you guys probably would both be on the same page with the answer, but another side you mentioned, Colette was mindset, and so one thing I wanted to ask about because I think this is ignored by a lot of people but how about and how important is it when it comes to dealing with the stresses of this type of stuff how you take care of your body so what i'm getting at there is uh whether it's you know stuff like and it doesn't have to be this but something like a meditation or yoga or exercise one of those or all of those or how you eat you know whether if you're somebody that maybe needs supplementation depending on who you are. Like how important is it that those type of things are in place as well versus maybe driving through and getting fast food every day and sleeping two hours a night and et cetera, et cetera, if you're already dealing with that level of stress. So maybe Colette, did you want to jump into that first?
1: Yeah, for sure. That's one of our key points we do address when we're helping others is taking care of yourself. Because if you can't take care of yourself, and you're not in a good place, you're not going to be able to take care of other ones, whether that's your spouse, who's a first responder, your kids. Um, So yeah, definitely having enough sleep, because we all know that things in life are way more stressful when we're tired. Uh, We can cope way better with, um, you know, different things if we are our mind is rested our body is rested um of course I'm a big believer on drinking lots of water and eating healthy everything we put into our bodies ultimately will be reflected on what comes out of our body the way we act the way we behave um and then yeah is obviously always is great I mean there's tons of research on what it does for the mind and the body and depression and anxiety and all of those things and yeah meditation it really helps clear the mind and you can spend that time Visualizing the life that you love and what you want in your life, and you know, obviously, that includes your spouse coming home safe and having a, a strong family at home.
0: Awesome. And so, Gary, did you want to touch on that as well? Your thoughts on
2: it? Yeah, you know, as a shift worker, I've been working shifts for 20 years, and um, you know, it's definitely become more apparent as i get older that taking care of yourself is, is really 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 important i think as we when we're younger we sort of take that for granted we think we think ah, I'm, I'm young i'm okay i can have you cut kind of, you cut corners and you take for granted for certain things you drink too much maybe you eat too much fast food but as you as you go through life and you realize that that's really really important to your overall well-being and and like I say, it is a mindset thing for sure. And it's the lifestyle, right? You you choose to be a certain way or you choose not to be a certain way. And, you know, I mean, you travel a lot, you're out there, you're always doing stuff on the road. And I and I'm I know it's difficult to get sometimes on health, that healthy meal in the airport or whatever you're doing, but it's really important to try to make those sort of choices that are, you know, that are there for you. Cause you know, they're there for you. Yes. Yeah, the odd time here and there, I'm not saying don't treat yourself. I'm not saying you can't have a, burger or whatever it is. But the thing is is that you gotta be be uh, careful with how much you're doing that and how many times you're doing that. And then like I say, as you take care of yourself and um your your physical fitness is better, your overall mental health is better because you you're not so worried you're not tired all the time. You're not feeling like you, you can't get out of bed. You're not achy you're not full of pain. Um mindset, uh my, my whole take on mindset, there's two 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 aspects for for me is when you're at work, when I'm at work, my mindset's very, very, very focused. It's very, uh, it's, it's, it's different. Like I have, a, am focused on the job at hand and what I got to do and how to get home safe and what I, and all the things I need to be doing to keep my people safe. Cause I supervise 10 people and all the calls that are coming in and I got to make sure that, you know, everybody's doing things the best way we can and relying on our training. And then when I come home, my mindset is around you know it's important to have that positive side come home find the, the positivity and all the stuff that's happening in our lives we may have difficult times we may we're going, we're going to go through bad times it's going to happen life's going to happen to to us that way but if we find the positive and keep that positive mindset all the time it creates an environment that's really 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 really, really good at home which then lowers that stress and it's really neat because like our son who's 12 we, we were having a discussion about something and someone was talking about something that was happening, and. It was very negative in, in tone, and we noticed it. But first thing he says well, was, that person didn't say anything positive about the whole thing. So it was really nice for him to come out and say that side of it, because now obviously he's learning that too. So when you teach that and you have that environment in your home, you really pass that on for the next generation to have so that it's not going to be as hard for them when they get older.
0: Yeah, I, I love that. And, and one thing you mentioned about uh, your, your mindset being different, let's say at work and home, that's something that's really intriguing to me. And I don't know why sometimes something pops into my head, but I have to mention this. It's, it's sort of recent quote-unquote news, but um, a famous Albertan, uh, Bret Hart. Uh, I think almost <laughs> anybody in Alberta knows who Bret Hart is. Uh, yeah. Former wrestler. Yeah. He was a- accepting a Hall of Fame. I don't know if you heard about this, but accepting a Hall of Fame award. Uh, two weeks ago in New York at WrestleMania. And some guy, former, uh, amateur MMA guy, jumped in the ring and tackled him. And what's really wild is all of the wrestlers that were there watching and actually... Ronda Rousey, who people know yeah. MMA, uh, her husband was there too. Anyway, you you can go watch the video within less than one minute. So I'm talking less than sixty seconds. The ring had twelve wrestlers in it. Basically, uh, his uh, Brett's niece Natalia was with the, with him, and she she as soon as it happened, she grabbed him and basically rolled and covered him to protect him. And then twelve wrestlers swarmed and had this guy. In, in their hands within a minute. And my point of all this is that the world they're in, being in a ring like that and things go wrong, even though it's scripted and we know that, just like MMA, things go wrong, but these people are used to reacting quickly. And mm-hmm. it blew my mind that, you know, like I say, that quick that a time, 12 of them could be in the ring. But here's the, here's the key thing, and this is what I'm driving at, when you mentioned about different mindsets at home and work, because I think this can actually apply to anybody in any walk of life, is these wrestlers can be that aggressive to take this guy to the ring and protect their own, And at the same time, an hour later, 20 minutes later, or going home that night can, you know, be the most loving parent in the world. Right. And so they can turn it off and on. And so I think it's important for people to realize the importance of doing that, because if not, to your point, both of your points really, is the other option is carrying that stress with you everywhere. So in other words, they might have that adrenaline, even stress that their fellow wrestler was tackled in that way, but they can then shift that off again. You know, an hour later, or maybe the next day, maybe they still have the adrenaline for a bit, but the next day they can shut it off or they can go home that night and kiss their child goodnight and shake that off. And whereas some people carry it with them around the clock. And so, do you think, at that question, is that something that you can work and exercise and learn? Or do you think it's just built into you, meaning the ability to sort of uh, turn the stress off and turn the stuff off, even though you know you might be in a fight or flight, stressful type career? Uh, so, maybe Gary, I'll ask you that question first
2: i think it's you can i think you can learn it i think i think it's something you can learn to do i think it's a choice you kind of make too in, in my opinion i think like i say we talk about choice as well in our seminars it's it's really a choice it takes time it takes effort like it's not going to come it doesn't come easy um for some people it's a lot harder to turn off what they've seen at work but i think over time if you're able to practice it and be very conscious about it like notice that you're doing, bringing that stuff home. If you notice that and physically make the choice to not bring that home or not cause that and change your mindset when you get to, you know, kind of have those two different areas, I think you can learn it. Um, I think some people they'll have, it, it just comes easier to them than others. I don't know. What that, yeah, I, people, it's natural.
1: yeah. yeah I, I agree with that. Some people do have it, uh, you know, it's more natural for them, but I think one of the biggest tips we can give is that you need to communicate with your spouse at home. So you need to have that um, communication on what that first responder needs, or it can be anyone. It doesn't have to be a first responder. So your spouse coming home, you need to know what he, he or she needs to decompress so that then they can be present at home. So I know at one time, as soon as Gary would walk in the door, I'd be like, okay, you help me with the dishes. Do this, do this, take the garbage out. And finally he said to me, like, I just need to sit on the couch for 15 minutes and just watch a show and like not think of anything else. And then I can help you. And so if he would never have told me that, I would just be on him as soon as he walks in the door. And then that's going to lead him to being angry at me to be on him. Like it just starts to spiral. So having that communication, like, does that person need to come home and have a shower? Does he need to come home and have a 20 minute workout? Does he need to come home and meditate? Does he need to come home and, Uh, watch TV, just something to, you know, separate that and decompress. And then he's able to be more present at home. But also like Gary had mentioned earlier, having a hobby or a focus at home, because if you come home and you have no hobbies and you're, you know, maybe upset with your wife or whatever's happening, you're going to sit there and all you're going to think about is probably the stuff that happened at work. But if you have your kids in activities and you have an activity, your focus changes. So it takes it off of what was happening at work and allows you to focus on something else. So that's Can I build on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, yep. sorry. When she was talking about that, I just I was thinking uh a friend group. So, like for example, a lot of first responders only hang out with first responders. <laughs> and it's uh I don't know why that is. It, I think it mostly, I think it's because we have different sort of, we can have a different humor and we have people think, well, no one understands what we go through, but they'll understand what we go through.
1: And I'm going to cut him off for a second. Cause I always do that. And I want to say that. And when they get together, all they talk about is work.
2: That's true. It's true. Right. So that's why it's really, really important. I think to have friends that are outside of your normal circle of work. So that goes for, I think for anybody, in any job, anywhere, I think it's really, really important to have a variety of people around you that support you, that are uh, there to help you, uh, that, that really do lift you up. I think that's really, really important, um, especially if you're in the first responder deal because it, it actually keeps you grounded to what's happening in the real world because, like, like I say, we deal with 5% of the population 95% of the time. So when you think about that, there's 95% of people that we don't see and that's really the people that we got to make sure we're grounded to because if we get stuck in that five percent all we're gonna see is terrible and we think everybody's bad and that's not the case not the case at all and so having those friends outside of there that keeps you kind of attached to what actually is really happening like with most people in the world
0: so i mentioned sometimes i'll I'll have a weird sort of comparison or metaphor Uh, and I always think of the person listening to give them an outside perspective too which is probably why it popped into my head Uh, and then and then I have uh, our three questions that we ask every uh, guest I'm going to ask you guys both as we wind down but before I jump ahead there just this quick story but have you guys seen the movie Walk the Line Johnny Cash yeah well and Phoenix playing Johnny Cash so um, there's one scene in the movie that spoke to me and, and as somebody who travels as much as I do I guess I could I'm gonna say I could see both sides of it and you guys probably can too. But it's what you guys talked about, about when the person just gets home of whatever they were doing, and they need that short amount of time. So I remember there was a scene in the movie, and this is, I think, where their relationship was already really breaking down. Meaning, I uh, sorry, I should correct that. His first wife. Uh, so his first wife was at home taking care of the three kids, I believe they had. She's doing all the work at home taking care of the kids. She sees it as he's out in the road as a musician, getting to live the rock star lifestyle. But from his perspective, he's killing his body out there in the road, and he's just you know, on all the time and he's with fans and he's doing this and he's doing that. So he gets home and he has his little sanctuary, the separate room, and he's just sitting on the couch. I think he's watching TV or something. And, and we're talking like in the way the film was presented, he's five minutes off the road. And he's been on the road for almost a year. And she's like, the garbage is out there waiting for you. So to the point where you guys mentioned, and he's <laughs> like, and, and they got into this fight about this where he's like, I just need a little bit of time to come down. And she's like, what do you mean? I've been here watching the kid and it turned into that thing. Uh, But to that point, and and I'm not going to speculate or say either was right or wrong in that circumstance. I don't think there's there's a right or wrong in that circumstance. But to your point, um, that was the breakdown of their marriage is that they both couldn't see what the other person needed. Now, let's look at the other perspective. He came off the road. If he needs that time to decompress and maybe because he's been on the road for, I don't know, 10 months without a break at all and hardly any sleep, maybe he needs a day. But the other side is what he also has to do, which I don't think he was doing in the way they presented it in the movie, is he also has to then say, okay, let me jump in and help you because you've been doing this by yourself for this long. And, and I see it as a person who's on the road, the Johnny Cash lifestyle, but also as an almost two-year-old at home that my girlfriend's watching 24-7. And so both of us, it's been a struggle. That's what we've had to realize is, is that I'm out trying to earn a living for our family. So I'm trying to do right by us. She's also home taking care of the child and I'm not having to deal with the sleepless nights and everything as much as her. So I think both of us have to realize when, when I come home that there's probably a day where we need to adjust before we get into each other, you know, you need to help with this or what have you. Uh, so anyway, I love what you said there. And I think, as you said, Gary and, and Paulette, both of you, I think it applies to everybody.
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
1: And definitely like it um, you also have to look at each individual, like maybe, there's always other things going on. So like with my lupus, um, there are days that Gary comes home and he just knows that he needs to wait for his 15 minutes because I'm in the middle of a breakdown or something, right? So he's like, okay, oh, hey, you go shower or you go for a walk or you do what you really need to get done. And then he takes his turn. So it's just, it's the communication is huge, right? And just being able to tap into what that other person... You should be able to see, like, if you walk in the door, like, even when you come home off the trip, um, if your wife or your, I'm sorry, I don't know if you, are you guys married?
0: No, but uh, okay, so we struggle with that because everybody calls her my wife. So.
1: Yeah, your <laughs> <probably not. laughs> um, you know, if she looks at you with that face, y- y- you should just be able to know, okay, go have a shower, right? Like, I'll step in here and other times you'll come home and she'll be perfect, you know, perfectly great. And then that you, you have your time to decompress. So it's really about tapping in and, and, and communicating and letting each other know, even during the time that you're away, how things are going, open that communication up so that when you get home, you're prepared. Was it a great month away? Or was it a really crappy month away?
2: And, the, point. and that also goes to like that whole human connection piece. We have know what I've noticed in the last three years that since we've been doing and living better and we're having less stress in our lives, that connection between her and I, that knowledge or that uh, recognition of where each other are at is a lot less verbal now than it probably was before because I can see it as well. as She can see me and it's, it's, I can't explain it to you. It seems like it's voodoo but it's not it's like i don't know we have this communication and we we always talk about stuff but like really i i can walk in i know when she's had a bad day so i don't need and she can tell the same thing about me without even saying a word right so and that that, that improves with time it over the last few years has been amazing
0: that's that's awesome well as we wind down i mentioned i had uh, two official questions then the last was just going to be how we can learn more so the first one of those is around purpose and i ask this question differently depending on who i'm talking to Uh, But I can ask both you guys this, but in terms, and maybe I'll start with you, Gary, but in terms of the idea of finding a person's calling or purpose, you're in a very unique situation, first responder, I mean, obviously there's rewards when you see the lives you're helping and the difference you're making, but obviously there's also a cost to that as well. So do you feel, based on the first responders you've worked with, that for them to do it and go through the stuff you have to go through in that lifestyle that it's usually a purpose for the person like it's a calling there's a there's a bigger thing happening there
2: yeah you you have to really have yes the simple answer is yes yes there has to be a calling or a purpose I I think you just can't try this job on you can't just come in and try it for a while and, and 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 it'll be okay you can work through your career it's definitely something you need you really really want to do deep deep down because you have to understand that once you get into it it's it could be you could be seeing a lot of things that you're never going to be able to see right and so that's really really important and I am yeah for me like you know what I, I wanted to be a dentist when I was 12 years old and that's what I went to school to be but uh, I didn't like school that much and I realized I wanted to be a policeman so it was really weird for me because I didn't know lots of people grow up I want to be a cop I want to be a cop and that's what they dream about All the like they call that well, that was her dream from right? from the very beginning I want to be a policeman. For me, I changed, but I realized that this was really my passion. It was really, and that's the big thing is the passion side of things. I was passionate about this job. I was going to be a policeman. It didn't matter where. I'm very fortunate to have the career I've had and very fortunate to be in the position that I'm in with 20 years of service already um, at, a, at a younger age. And, um, you know, and. And that's the thing about that is that you're finding your passion, right so and, then, and things do change. I'm lucky now as well, I'm very grateful because we're into this new era, era of trying to help other people live more balanced and and, and passionate about finding uh, helping others find that reset that balance or, get better and improve themselves and that's and that's super neat because now I'm in I kind of got two different streams, and its it's really kind of cool, but it is definitely you need to have that passion and, and definitely a purpose.
0: And so, Colette, I'll, I'll follow up that question with, you know, maybe we'll tie it into the new business in terms of purpose. You know, now you said you originally you planned, you wanted to be a first responder and then you realized that wasn't necessarily going to work the way you hoped. But now, in a lot of ways, you still get to, you get to help first responders. So you get to help the people that are helping the people, which is, is brilliant as well. Uh, so do you feel that this is a calling for you? And, and again, I'll ask a follow up the question. Do you think it's important? for a person to, I guess, find their calling if they're going to serve in the way that they're meant to serve.
1: Yeah, for sure. I do believe that there has to be some sort of passion in your job. You can't uh, go 25 years going to a job that you hate. Lots of people do. Um, I was never that person. I knew that there was always something more out there. I tried, oh, my resume is probably 50 pages long because I just kept trying things because I just knew there was something. I knew it was to do with helping people. Um, And I believe that, you know, everything kind of Unfolds the way it's supposed to, and so you know I did the policing uh degree got my degree I met Gary during that time, right otherwise, I never would have have probably met him, and uh, you know when you are searching for what kind of career you want, what kind of life you want there I believe true heartedly that there has to be something deeper, there has to be something from your your core otherwise I don't want to use the word pointless, but otherwise it's just you just won't be able to give it all. And then the people you're trying to help are not benefiting either. Right. So I hope that answers that.
0: No, it does for sure. And I guess then I mentioned that I wanted to ask you guys um, a second, I'm going to call it my uh, a second um, question that I like to ask every guest we bring onto the show. And it's around the idea of what you've learned uh, in the year since. So Colette, maybe I'll start with you, but I like to ask people it this way, if you could jump into a time machine and go back and talk to a younger version of yourself. So Gary's getting a little heads up to think about this. Uh, <laughs> jump into a time machine, go back and talk to a younger version of yourself and tell her one or two pieces of life advice based on what you've learned in the years since. What do you think you might tell her?
1: The biggest thing I think is to be authentic and be yourself. Um, not everybody's gonna love you and that's okay. And as long as you stay connected to your true purpose and your true authentic self, um, your values, your beliefs, um, you won't ever go wrong. You won't ever st- stray from, I guess, the, the path you were supposed to be on. And that um, the universe always provides. So to quit worrying and enjoy, enjoy life because it'll always work out.
0: Love that. And so, Gary, how about yourself? Do you have any uh, younger self life advice?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I look back, when I, I've reflected a bit um, on w- when I started out to be a policeman and what I was doing then, and I, that real passion, I was really passionate about being that. And I was—I think I was living my life in that moment, just like it said, being my who I was and I was doing that stuff and I was really focused and I was going to do it, didn't matter what anybody said, I didn't worry about it, how, I was just going to go do and it worked out. Somewhere along the way, I lost it. So if I had to go back and tell myself something, I would say, you know what, hang on to that piece of it. Hang on to that, that, that passion around just being who you are and always have that outlook that you can do whatever you need to do all the time in your mind. Have that positive mindset all the time. Because somewhere along the way I lost, I lost, got, got muddled up in the way life is and the way we get tangled up sometimes. So I think that would be the advice I would give do myself. Don't lose that. Keep, that. keep that forefront in your mind.
0: Awesome. Well, this has been an absolute pleasure, which I knew it would be. Uh, and I'll I call it a, a part one. I mentioned that I, I sometimes like to bring guests on for a second part, but uh, we scratched the surface, but there's always, you know, deeper direction we can go. Uh, but, you know, before I look too far ahead, because we, you know, obviously this is a, this is our first introduction, but before I look too far ahead, maybe I'll ask you guys, I don't know if you each want to take this or one wants to take this, but in relation to people, wanting to reach out to you, wanting to learn more, maybe they're a first responder, maybe they're a spouse of a first responder, maybe they want to become a first responder and they want to get a glimpse of what that looks like, whatever they're looking for in relation to wellness or health or mindset or, or dealing with stress, uh, where would you guys normally direct them if they want to connect with you and learn more?
1: Yeah, every we set up all our social platforms, so Facebook, Twitter, Instagram are all just the Benoit Wellness Consulting to make it easy, um, so they can connect anywhere along those social media lines, and then our, our email too is Consulting at gmail.com, so super simple.
0: Awesome, love it. Gary, anything to add to that? Or
2: uh, We also have a website, we have a website as well, same thing.
1: And wah wah It's all the <laughs> same.
2: <laughs> try to, we try to make it consistent so that everybody can, it's not going to be too big of a, a problem.